Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Hypochondriac Dominic and I am recording for you guys this week of Christmas. I hope everyone's having a fabulous holiday out there. For those of you who have to go to work, boo, <laughs> I feel you on that one. I'm working up until Christmas Eve and then I will have some time off to go visit my mom in Alaska. If you didn't know, I am your host, Sarah, and in case you were wondering, this is the podcast for all of you out there that secretly think you have a new disease. Every time you have a sniffle, a slight twinge, or a headache, it's not a tumor. We understand, we identify, and we have definitely scoped out WebMD more than our fair share of the times. We're happy to talk weird diseases, strange illnesses, and crazy syndromes. But before we get started, we need to talk about a few little disclaimers. First and foremost, we're not doctors or nurses or medical professionals of any kind, please don't take what we say as medical advice. We are not trying to treat, diagnose, or fix any of your medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see a doctor. Don't guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. We just want to talk about all the fun, weird, and wild parts of the medical world in the past, present, and the future. Let's jump right in. This week's episode is a Christmas-related episode for all of you out there. So, I looked online and did a little bit of research for you guys to figure out some fun and cool stuff for Christmas. And there actually is a disease called Christmas disease. And it's actually hemophilia B. I found this article on healthline.com that kind of talks a little bit about this disease. First, what is Christmas disease? Christmas disease, also called hemophilia B, is a rare genetic disorder in which your blood does not clot properly. This leads to prolonged and spontaneous bleeding. The less of this particular factor that is missing from your body that is produced, the worse your symptoms are. And without treatment, inevitably, Christmas disease can be fatal. Persons born with Christmas disease may not be diagnosed until later in life, and it's estimated that two-thirds of these cases are inherited. So this is a genetic disease. Other cases are caused by spontaneous gene mutations that occur for unknown reasons during fetal development. The disease is almost always in males, and it has been named after Stephen Christmas, who was the first person diagnosed with the condition in 1952. How is Christmas disease inherited? The gene responsible for Christmas disease is carried into the X chromosome. Females have two X chromosomes, and males have only one X and one Y. If a male inherits the faulty gene on his X chromosome, he could develop Christmas disease. Now, if a female inherits the faulty gene on the, her X chromosome, she'll be a carrier for Christmas disease and may pass this on to her children. All daughters of a father who has the defective gene will be Christmas disease carriers. And a father doesn't pass the faulty gene to his sons. A mother who carries the faulty gene has a 50% chance of having a son with Christmas disease or hemophilia B, and a 50% chance of having a daughter who's a carrier of the disease. Females are usually the only carriers because they have two X chromosomes. If they inherit the faulty gene on one X chromosome, the other chromosome produces sufficient factors for blood clotting. However, female carriers may produce less factors of this particular clotting agent than women who are not carriers, which can result in a mild abnormal bleeding after injuries or surgical procedures. A female can inherit Christmas disease if both her parents pass the faulty gene on to her. 
although it's rare for a female to have two parents with the faulty gene. This is why it's so much less common for women to get Christmas disease. There is genetic testing for Christmas disease, and if you're a woman with a family history of this Christmas disease problem, you can have genetic testing to see if you carry that faulty gene. And genetic testing is a very accurate way to detect this gene in the body. So what are the symptoms of Christmas disease? Severe cases of Christmas disease are usually diagnosed in babies younger than one years old. Mild cases may not be diagnosed until a child reaches their toddler years or sometimes even later. In all cases, diagnosis usually happens after abnormal bleeding from an injury or a surgery. Events that may lead your doctor to suspect Christmas disease include prolonged bleeding such as can occur after circumcision, after surgical procedures or tooth extractions and or from cuts and other wounds, unexplained excessive bruising or prolonged nosebleeds, unexplained blood in the urine or feces caused by internal bleeding in the gastrointestinal or urinary tract, and internal bleeding that pools in the joints, which causes pain and swelling. Severe cases of Christmas disease may cause unexpected bleeding in the skull after childbirth and spontaneous bleeding. Diagnosing Christmas disease. If you or your child show symptoms of Christmas disease, your doctor may order blood tests to confirm the diagnosis. And there are four separate tests that can be used. Most of them check out the clotting factors present in blood and determine how quickly blood can clot for these victims. How is Christmas disease treated? There is currently no cure for Christmas disease, but there are treatments for the condition. Regular treatment is essential, though, for managing the symptoms of Christmas disease. You can get injections that can prevent or stop bleeding at this point, and these are either donated from human blood or made in a laboratory. And Obviously, the ones that are made in a laboratory are a whole heck of a lot safer because in the past, there have been instances where individuals who have have used the donated blood injections have been exposed to diseases like hepatitis or HIV. These dangerous pathogens have caused problems for folks that have been getting these injections in the past. However, the risks of contracting HIV and hepatitis from factored treatments now are much lower due to improved blood screening practices. Wound treatment. If you have a mild form of Christmas disease, your doctor may give you a product called desmopressin acetate to apply to small wounds to stop bleeding. Larger wounds and internal bleeding may require medical treatment from your doctor. Preventative treatment is also important. If you have a severe form of Christmas disease, you may need preventative blood transfusions to avoid or reduce prolonged and heavy bleeding. These treatments are especially important in children. If you receive blood-derived factor or blood transfusions, you should be vaccinated for hepatitis B complications. There is a slight chance that you could die from excessive blood loss, experience bleeding in the brain, or have long-term joint problems from internal bleeding. In rare cases, the treatment for Christmas disease may result in abnormal thrombosis or clot formation, which can cause stroke or other dangerous 
issues. Further complications of Christmas disease may be prevented through annual checkups and regular blood testing for infections. You should also avoid aspirin and other medications that can interfere with blood platelet function. What's the outlook? Well, with treatment, most people with Christmas disease are likely to lead normal lives. Since there is no cure for the disease, it's important to make sure you avoid situations which excess bleeding could potentially occur. You can also receive blood clotting therapy before any surgery or after any injury. Living with Christmas disease can be stressful for those who have it and their families, especially when accidents or injuries that could lead to excessive bleeding occur. Talking to your doctor about ways you can prevent bleeding and ask for tips about how to manage this condition if any injury occurs. And again, if you suspect that you or your child is suffering from this condition, I would recommend getting tested ASAP. Most of the time, the people that have this condition will know about it pretty rapidly once they're born, but you never know. If you suspect this might be going on, see your doctor. Don't guess. The next article that I found was on treated.com, and it's called 12 Illnesses of Christmas and How You Can Prevent Them. Christmas is undoubtedly a time for celebration, gifts, and a touch of overindulgence. But a mixture of inhospitable weather and too much indulgence can often be a recipe for illness, particularly when immune systems are at their weakest during the winter months. So while it's important to relax and enjoy time with friends and family during the festive season, it is also important to be vigilant and prepare for those ailments that may threaten to hamper your merry proceedings. Without wishing to dampen the excitement for this holiday season, we've put together a list of illnesses that are more commonplace at this time of the year and what you can do to prevent them. Number one, flu. This is perhaps the most common of all winter ailments, and a bout of flu will usually pass within about a week or so. But it's not pleasant when you get it. Stopping the flu is all about looking after your immune system and limiting your risk of infections. Make sure you're getting enough sleep and plenty of fruit and vegetables in your diet to keep your body's defenses on high alert. You can also ask your doctor about the flu vaccination shot if that's something that you're into. Number two, alcohol poisoning. One eventuality of nearly every end-of-year office party is that someone will be overzealous in adhering to the merry directive during Christmas time. But alcohol poisoning isn't a condition to take lightly. It's important to remember that the liver can only filter out about one unit of alcohol per hour. The more and the quicker you drink, the riskier it is for your body. So remember to pace yourself when it comes to those holiday beverages, even if everybody else isn't doing the same. Number three, food poisoning. Cramming the oven full of food on Christmas morning comes with dangers. Raw and undercooked meat is one of those dangers, particularly with turkey and chicken, which can be a major cause of salmonella poisoning. The best way to avoid foul or food poisoning is to make sure everything you serve is cooked through. 
Make a plan of what needs to go into the oven and when, and remember that overloading your oven can reduce the oven temperature and affect the cooking times. Number four, allergic reactions. Traditional Christmas dinner certainly presents hazards for those with severe food allergies, and in recent decades, food allergies have gone through the roof. Things like prawn cocktails, people the shellfish allergies, and sprouts roasted with chestnut affect people with nut allergies. These are just two potential triggers which those prone to anaphylactis will want to steer clear of. If you're having people over, checking everyone's dietary requirements beforehand is important and making sure your diners are aware of any potential allergens when you're serving the food. These are very important things to do in today's high allergy environments. Now, this is one that people may not think about, but number five on this list is chlamydia. Alcohol poisoning isn't the only danger when you get carried away on a night out at the office party or out at a bar or with friends or doing whatever it is that you celebrate with on the holidays in the holiday season. Studies have shown that couples enjoying a chance encounter are much less likely to use protection when under the influence of alcohol. Using protection like condoms is vital in preventing the spread of bacterial STIs like chlamydia. Get yourself tested regularly if you're putting yourself into risky sex situations. Number six, ear infections. And this is not necessarily one that people would typically think about, but cold weather is not the cause of ear infections per se, but opportune infections of the throat, which are generally more common in winter, can travel up the ear tubes and cause infections of this kind. Furthermore, going out into the cold without appropriate headwear can make the associated discomfort of an ear infection much worse. Look after your immune system, people. Wrap up, stay warm, and avoid these sorts of things if you can. Number seven, And this is something that I'm not looking forward to because I will be traveling into Alaska where it is 30 degrees below zero all week long. But frostbite. Skiing is a popular choice during the festive season for those looking to spend some time away from home doing some popular winter activities. Frostbite, though, is a real risk for those exposed to freezing temperatures. Common signs are the extremities turning purple or red and feelings of pain or numbness in the affected area. If you're planning on winter skiing during this holiday, be prepared. Once you've got all the equipment you need, make sure you've got the right warm clothing. Get those thermal underwear going. Put on everything you can to make sure that your body stays nice and warm. Number eight, also a related condition, hypothermia. This condition can occur as a result of being exposed to cold temperatures for too long. This is characterized in mild cases by shivering, tiredness, and shortness of breath. In more severe cases, the condition can be very serious and even fatal if it's not taken care of appropriately. Once again, prevention is all about staying warm, people. That means wearing enough layers when you're going outside and getting changed out of any wet clothes before you get home. This is one that you wouldn't necessarily think of either, but malaria. 
more and more people are choosing to get away from the cold weather. They want to go and celebrate Christmas in tropical locations. However, these areas can present their own unique set of hazards. Before you jump on that plane to a tropical region, it's vital to get your research done on the area first and see if there's any risk of any particular types of infections. For malaria, tablets are available, which can help prevent infection. And for other diseases, there are various vaccinations available. Speak to your doctor well in advance of travel and figure out if you need to prepare yourself in that way. Number 10, sad, also referred to as the winter blues, is a condition characterized by feelings of depression during the winter months. Very, very common for a lot of us that deal with cold winter climates. It's only recently that seasonal affective disorder has become recognized as an illness. And though it is thought to be caused by a lack of natural light affecting melatonin protection, and this particular condition is thought to be caused by a lack of natural light affecting melatonin production, it's possible to limit the effects of SAD. This involves spending more time outdoors during daylight hours and eating a balanced diet inclusive of fruit and vegetables to help keep your vitamin D levels at a steady point. Number 11, stress. Shopping-related stress is exponentially more prominent during December than any other time of the year. In the space of one month, Black Friday, the run-up to Christmas itself, and January sales all take place. This is a combination guaranteed to send even the most patient shoppers stress levels through the roof. Getting the Christmas shopping out of the way is possible, and it is a great way to circumvent the stress of rushing around during the holidays. Another of these is to try and complete your shopping in small trips. So do a bunch of short trips rather than one long and angst-filled trip, people. Number 12, obesity. Christmas meals are something that most of us look forward to during the holiday season, and it's only natural that we let go of the reins a little bit and consume a little bit more on the special occasions of Christmas and around the holiday. But obesity is on the rise in the U.S. and other countries, and overindulging on one meal isn't going to have that much of an impact on a person's BMI. However, it's easy for overeating to become a habit over the Christmas period. And when a person continues this into the new year and beyond, the diet-related disease becomes a risk for folks. It's always going to be more manageable to be consistent about good eating habits than to go through the binge and detox cycle, which we adopt over the winter months after Christmas. Try to stay on top of your calorie and sugar intake if you can, people. And make sure you eat a balanced diet. This can help prevent this the rise of obesity in the long run. The last article that I'm going to share with you guys for the evening I got from cdc.gov. And it's holiday health and safety tips. The holidays are a great opportunity to enjoy time with family and friends, celebrate life, and to be grateful while reflecting on what is important in our lives. They are also a time to appreciate the gift of health. Here are some holiday tips to support your efforts for health and safety this season. Number one, wash your hands often. Keeping your hands clean is one of the most important steps you can take to avoid getting sick and spreading germs to others. Wash your hands with soap and clean running water and rub them together for at least 20 seconds, the CDC recommends. 
Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when you cough or sneeze. And if you don't have tissue, cough or sneeze into your upper sleeve or elbow, not your hands. Number two, stay warm. Cold temperatures can cause serious health problems, especially in infants and older adults. Stay dry and dress warmly with several layers, especially if you were in those super cold climates. Number three, manage your stress levels. The holidays don't need to take a toll on your health and your pocketbook. Keep your commitments and spending in check. Try to balance your work, home, and play and get support from family and friends if you're feeling stress. Keep a relaxed and positive outlook and make sure you get proper sleep. These are all tips the CDC recommends to manage stress levels. The next item on this list is travel safely. Whether you're traveling across town or around the world, help ensure your trip is safe. Don't drink and drive and don't let others with you drink and drive either. Wear your seatbelt every time you drive or ride in a motor vehicle and always buckle your child into the car using a child safety seat, a booster seat, or a seatbelt that is appropriate for your child's height, weight, and age. The next item on this list, be smoke-free. Avoid smoking and breathing other people's smoke. If you smoke, quit today. You can call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or talk to your healthcare provider for help. This includes vaping people. There's a lot of folks out there that think that vaping is a healthier alternative to smoking and studies have shown that it is not. So don't pick up vaping as a way to try to get rid of your smoking habit because it is really technically no safer than smoking. The next thing on this list, get checkups and vaccinations. Exams and screenings can help find potential problems early. This makes the chances for treatment and cure if you do have a condition better. Vaccinations can also help prevent diseases and save lives. Schedule a visit with your healthcare provider for needed exams and screenings and ask what vaccinations and tests you should get based on your age, lifestyle, travel plans, medical history, and family health history. All of us also need to be aware that it's not about just getting vaccinations when you are a small child. I know a lot of people think that, hey, you get you have a child, the kid gets 50 or 75 vaccinations when they're little, and then you never have to get them again. This is not true. There are vaccinations that expire after a certain number of years, and then you need to get them again, particularly things like your tetanus shot. So if you are unsure about what you should be getting or what you might potentially need, Speak to your doctor, get that assistance from a medical professional, and they will show you or tell you what you need to do. The next thing on this list, watch your kids. Children are at a high risk for injuries, particularly during the holiday season. Keep a watchful eye on your kids when they're eating and playing. Additionally, keep potentially dangerous toys, food, drinks, household items, and choking hazards like coins and hard candy out of a child's reach if they are young enough to want to put that into their mouth. Learn how to provide early treatment for children who are choking. Make sure toys are used properly and develop rules about acceptable and safe behaviors, including the use of electronic media. I know during this time of the year, we tend to be a little bit less vigilant. Everyone's having a good time. You're opening presents. 
You're not necessarily watching your child as diligently as you might need to. Additionally, when they're using that computer, you got to be aware of what's going on. You may think, oh, it's the Christmas holidays. I'm going to cut them some slack. They're not in school. I need to keep them busy. But there are instances where predators online will go into children's websites or children's chat groups and try to groom your child or get your child to meet them outside of the home. So be aware of what's going on with your child and their computer use and their cell phone use. If your child has a lock on their cell phone and you are not allowed to look at it, that's a problem. You need to be aware of what's going on. I know a lot of people want to trust their child, but there are a lot of really nasty, bad people out there who will take advantage of them at any chance they can potentially get. The next item on this list, prevent injuries. Injuries can happen anywhere and some often occur around the holidays. Use step stools instead of climbing on furniture when hanging decorations and leave the fireworks to the professionals. Wear a helmet when riding a bicycle or skateboarding to prevent head injuries and keep your vaccinations up to date. Another important thing is to not chew on those hard candies and ice and other holiday things. Those can impact your teeth and chipping or breaking a tooth during the holidays is certainly not fun, particularly when you got to grab your dentist and go into an emergency dental procedure. And your dentist may not even be available, which means you could potentially have to suffer out the holidays with a broken and painful tooth. Additionally, most residential fires occur during the winter months. Keep candles away from children, pets, walkways, trees, and curtains. Never leave fireplaces, stoves, or candles unattended. Do not use generators, grills, or other gasoline or charcoal burning devices inside your home or garage. And install a smoke detector and a carbon monoxide detector in your home. You need to test these items once a month and replace the batteries at least once a year. This is really important because some people leave those things and then suddenly there's no batteries in your smoke detector and something's happening and they're not going to be able to let you know that there is danger going on. The next thing on this list, handle and prepare food safely. As you get ready for the holidays, keep yourself and your family safe from food-related illnesses. Do this by washing hands and surfaces often. Avoid cross-contamination by keeping raw meat, poultry, seafood, and eggs, including their juices, away from ready-to-eat foods and eating surfaces. Cook foods to the proper temperature and refrigerate them promptly. And finally, do not leave perishable foods out for more than two hours. Eat healthy and be active, people. With balance and moderation, you can enjoy the holidays the healthy way. Choose fresh fruit as a festive and sweet substitute for candy and select just one or two of your favorite things from the host of Tempting Foods. Find fun ways to stay active, like dancing to your favorite holiday music or going out and just taking a walk. Be active for at least 150 minutes per week with moderately intense aerobic activity, like a brisk walk that makes your heart beat faster. And lastly, help keep kids and teens be active for at least an hour a day to help them stay healthy as well. We hope you've enjoyed this episode for the week. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up now. 
This is the point in the podcast where we ask you folks out there to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please shoot us an email. We're at hypoalmapodcast at gmail.com. Please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your best life. Merry Christmas, people. Bye.